So as an effective viable alternative to antibiotics should be safe for the public and it should be cost effective for the producer, right? And, the, and also should be friendly to the environment. So so far we don't know to have a single magic bag, uh, bullet for can replace antibiotics. And there are, are many uh, candidates, for example, prebiotics and probiotics, enzyme, organic acid, and plant extract, and also essential oil. So essential oil right now, so I'm, I want to go into talk about more today. So usually essential oil has different the property, for example, including uh, antioxidant stress, anti-inflammatory response, and also the antimicrobial property. A whole new era of communication in the Canadian swine industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds of the Canadian and global swine industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Our nutrition group includes four companies, Nutrition Athena, Shakespeare Mill, Farmhouse, and Nutrition Partners, which serve swine producers all across Canada. Swine Veterinary Partners comprises four well-established clinics across Canada, Precision Veterinary Services, Premier SHP, Demeter, Ontario, and Demeter, Quebec. AX3 Digest is a highly digestible source of protein with a low level of potassium, giving young animals a healthy start. Welcome to the Swinet Podcast Show Canada, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and everything that's working in the Canadian and global swine industry. The Nutrition Athena, Shakespeare Mill, Farmhouse, and Nutrition Partners Nutrition Group offer the full range of nutritional product based on extensive research and developments and a solid team of experts all across Canada. Our objective is to provide cost-effective solutions, innovation, and support to producer from the entire Canadian swine industry. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Swinet Canada podcast. I am Dan Columbus, and I will be your host for today's episode. And with me today, I have Dr. Cheng Bo Yang, who is an associate professor in animal science at the University of Manitoba. So welcome, Cheng Bo, to the show. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Dan, for having me. Yeah, so Chengo, just because some people, some of our listeners might not uh, be aware of uh, who you are and what you do, I just ask you to give some uh, uh, information on your background and, and where you've been and, and, and what you've done so far. Okay, and uh, my name is Chengbo Yang. Uh, I'm an associate professor at the Department of Animal Science at the University of Manitoba. So uh, I did my PhD program uh, in Molagasca Animal Nutrition at the University of uh, Guelph. And uh, after that, uh, I worked with uh, uh, two companies in the feed industry for five years before I joined the University of Manitoba in 2016. So my research area is uh, uh, livestock nutrition and the nutrition of biochemistry. Biochemistry mainly focus on uh, long luminance and the swine and the poultry. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good good to see where you've been because maybe people don't know, but we went to grad school together. <laughs> so yeah, the two of exactly. us go, go way go way back. So it's it's good that we both ended up, you know, working in the field and and 
you know, I see all the awards behind you, so you're doing you're doing pretty well. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Uh, I'm my best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I know t- today's topic was specifically you you want to discuss the work that you've been doing with essential oils and gut health. Um, but I want to delve a little bit uh, into gut health a little bit more before we get into that, because um, in in our previous episode, we uh, myself and the guest got into what is gut health and how is that defined? And I think we kind of decided, you know, that kind of means different things depending on who you talk to. So I guess before we get into essential oils, I'm going to ask you what gut health and, and, and that means to you. Yeah, gut health, uh, it's uh, mean the animal has um, uh, uh, the very proper value function and they have to maintain the better integrity to prevent the pathogen going into animal body and also has well-balanced the uh, microbiota and also has a property effective uh, absorption capacity and they can maintain the balance of immune response. So they basically, this uh, put together for a gut health to support uh, animal growth and uh, maintain animal health. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we uh, decided on in the previous episode too, but then it's all always come down to, well, then how do you measure that? <laughs> I think we'll come out with that when we start talking about some of the work that you've been doing, right? And how you, how you measure and define it. But it's not something, I think it's something that people have an idea in their head of what gut health is, but when we actually go to, to measure, it's it's a completely different thing, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you, you said specifically that today you want to talk about essential oils and gut health. So I guess let's, let's delve right into that and, and what you've kind of been looking at and maybe what you, you've sort of been finding so far. Yeah, so the, you know, the antibiotic resistance uh, challenge the sustainability of the pork industry and because due to the environmental health and the safety concern, the public demands antibiotic-free pork, for example, rest without antibiotics. So like Canada and other countries are considered action to reduce or eliminate the use of antibiotics in pig feed. So as you know, the most Canadian pork is uh, destined to for export, right? The swine industry uh, needs to uh, alternative to the use of antibiotics in the feed to remain competitive with the global market. So, however, withdrawal of the antibiotic in the feed can resolve several challenges. For example, compromise gut health. Later on, we will talk about, and also increase the gut disease. So, and then when you think about the, the alternative antibiotics, they are. So we need not the requirement for the alternative to antibiotics. So as an effective variable alternative to antibiotics should be safe for the public and it should be cost effective for the producer, right? And, the, and also should be friendly to the environment. So so far we don't know to have a single magic bullet for can replace antibiotics. And there are, are many uh, candidates, for example, prebiotics and probiotics, enzyme, organic acid, and plant extract, and also essential oil. So essential oil right now, so I'm, I want to go into talk about more today. So usually essential oil has different the property, for example, including uh, antioxidant stress, 
anti-inflammatory response, and also had an antimicrobial property. So research has widely re uh, investigated essential oil as an antibiotic alternative. Many focus uh, their antimicrobial property, right? So, but the, for the, the criteria for selection antibiotic alternative, we should not just rely on the antimicrobial property. I know it's a, uh, the, 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 the antimicrobial property is very important uh, for the antibiotic alternative. We, but the, we cannot rely on only on the essential oil of the antimicrobial property. So, uh, in all, all research found that because essential oil except has antimicrobial property and also has anti-inflammatory uh, property. So, and the industry, they have, um, uh, because, uh, there are a lot of like LPS, like we call endotoxin, can cause low grade, low grade inflammation in the gut. So which can can cause leaky gut, right? Leaky gut. This eventually we uh, imp uh, impact on the growth performance of animal. So the essential oil of the over research use lower um, dosage of the essential oil, but this dosage cannot kill bacteria. But they can, this low dosage of essential oil can reduce the inflammatory response and improve the gut health and maintain the value function. So, which is very important. So, we, we don't need to use the high dosage essential oil to kill bacteria, but they use lower dose essential oil to reduce inflammatory response, right? So, this, uh, and this is very, very important here. And we should not, the, uh, rely on the the only criteria to, uh, of the antimicrobial property. So, and this is what I want to mention because they use a lower dosage of essential oil can um, really really help to to prevent the leaky gut. So, which is uh, um, very good. Uh, and another point I want to um, mention is uh, because essential oil is a uh, is a uh, Volatile compounds is sometimes not stable during the storage, during the feed manufacturing, and the, and also is not stable. Um, uh, easily absorbed in the upper uh, upper gut, right? So cannot reach the lower gut. So so you want want to use uh, uh, essential oil effectively. We need the uh, developed proper delivery method. To uh, to to uh, deliver essential oil lower gut, so we 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 work with our collaborator to develop a, like a macro encapsulation uh, method can deliver essential oil the lower gut, at the same time to reduce the effective dosage of the essential oil because the, the inclusion cost of essential oil is, quite, is uh, also the factor for industry adopt this uh, uh, method right is it too too expensive. Can can bring cost for the producer. So uses this uh, proper macro encapsulation can reduce the dosage of the essential oil. So this can uh, facilitate the use of essential oil in the industry. Yeah. So one of the the things that you, you know you mentioned a bunch of the criteria uh, for picking an essential amino or sorry essential. Um, oil. Oil. I'm used to working with amino acids, so that's my <laughs> that's why I'm going that way. Um, yeah. One of the things, you know, is obviously to replace antibiotics or potentially replace antibiotics because of the um, uh, 
uh, antibiotic resistance. So I'm just wondering, like, are, is there a potential for resistance to the essential oils? Like, is that risk the same or do, do we not see that? Uh, I think this is a very good question. So because when we talk about the antibiotic alternative, so one criteria I forget to mention, number one, should, should not promote antibiotic resistance. Okay, so number one. Number two, so sh- should we should avoid the resistance to this uh, alternative as well. So for essential oil, and the, so is the, the, the uh, maybe, maybe the passenger have tolerance to essential oil, but uh, I haven't seen any like uh, resistance to the essential oil. So yeah, maybe the, this may be the deep, uh, mechanism and they may be different with the antibiotics, okay? And another way, because essential oil, because antibiotics considered as a, uh, is a very good source for human disease, right? We want to resolve this uh, good antibiotic for human use. So for antibiotics, many just we don't use for human disease. So this uh, even have some resistance to essential oil, maybe it's not as uh, bad as antibiotics, okay? And but I, so far, I haven't seen any resistance for the essential oil. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. But it's like you said, if we have an alternative, we also don't want that one to to them to develop resistance to to the alternative exactly exactly <laughs> and put us into that same situation. Um, so, are are there specific essential oils or blends that you've been looking at? Like, what do you which ones do you think might be more uh, more beneficial or um, you know, maybe, uh, I don't want to say less beneficial, but, you know, because uh, obviously they're, they're potentially going to have different modes of action as well. So kind of which, which ones have you been looking at? So uh, I know there's a bunch of the essential oil uh, in the market and also a bunch of product in the market and the non-protected or pro, uh, protected essential oil in the market. And the, the essential oil I worked with is mainly like a Samo and the uh, Eugino and the uh, Cavoco and the similar dehyde. I think that different essential oil have different uh, property. They, they effectively the slightly different. So sometimes we combine this essential oil together. For example, similar dehyde and citra and the salmon together. Yeah. So this, uh, this can be, can be natural extraction, but can also can be synthetic. Uh, essential oil compound, but they're natural identical. What are, what are some of the situations or factors that you've kind of been looking at that, you know, for where these might be beneficial or, you know, maybe some factors that might interfere with their benefit? So you mean the, for the, the, the application of the essential oil or you mean talk about the, the specific uh, uh, function of the essential oil? Let's do both. We could talk about the specific functions, how they how the different ones work, and then we can talk about the application because I think, you know, a lot of the listeners are going to want to know, you know, it, how do how do I put this in, and what what might I have to consider if I'm looking at using these in my in in my production. Okay, I think it, uh, in my opinion, when you use uh, essential oil, as I mentioned earlier, not only rely on the antimicrobial property. So because the, the cost of essential oil, especially the natural extracted essential oil, it's, quite, it's, not cheap, it's not cheap, right? So for the MSC of the essential oil can be very high. And they, so this is the dosage of the MSC concentration. 
may bring a adverse effect, maybe very strong smell, maybe affect the palatability. You know, it's it, this has. So I think maybe the the the, the purpose use essential oil mainly that can maybe reduce the inflammatory response because any infections that also have later on they have an inflammatory response, inflammation, right? Inflammation there. So so the essential oil can attenuate the inflammation and in, and, and then to help animal and the, to maintain gut health, maintain the uh, gut belly function, you know. So this uh, so in this way to help animal to recover for the uh, from infection or re, re, recover from stress. Yeah, it's it's actually the the way you're talking about it. It sounds very similar to what we're seeing with the essential amino or functional amino acids supplementation. It's not really dealing with the pathogen itself, but it's helping that animal to protect itself and recover, right? Yeah. And and having that focus. So I know um, if we're looking at more of uh, of an anti-inflammatory, I think I'm knowing the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it for the benefit of our audience. But is there a particular life stage? that you would recommend using essential amino acid, or I keep saying, I'm sorry, I keep saying essential, oh, amino acid, yeah. essential oils, uh, yeah. you know, to, to have a maximum benefit, you know, and like you said, keeping in mind that they're expensive and, and you know, they might alter the taste or the smell of, of the food. So. Yeah, I think uh, for the pig industry, for the post-weaning uh, animal, right? Post-weaning pigness, so you the that the use of essential oil can help to uh, prevent uh, post-weaning diarrhea, right? So, so it's, which means can be used in the in the crib feed or start feed. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I kind of saw that one coming. I, because of the issues that you said with palatability and all that, is that an issue though in in early pigs? You know, one of the things that we're talking about all the time is that they don't eat enough, and we're trying to get them to eat more. Like so, could this be actually having a negative impact if they don't if it is altering palatability? You mean the gut permeability, right? Oh no, I'm specifically because if the pig doesn't want to eat it. Okay. Right? Oh, palatability. Okay. Palatability. Yeah. Okay, palatability because you know this the the essential has a strong smell, right? And the really also this uh, the palatability depends on the concentration. For example, some use a low concentration of essential oil that can increase the palatability because the piglets maybe lack it, okay? Mm-hmm. And it really depends on the concentration. If the high concentration of essential oil, maybe the smell is too strong, this can cause the reduce the feed intake because they're too strong for their pigness. So this, uh, we need to consider the concentration and another way we may have to use uh, uh, coating technology to macro encapsulate the essential oil to 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 prevent the the strong smell can, uh, affecting the feed intake. Yeah, so I guess in a way, then the encapsulation to allow for targeted delivery also has a benefit of preventing palatability issues. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's a, a good segue then to the other half of the, the original question, right, is when we go to implement essential oils in our diets, what are some of the factors we might have to consider? Like, what have you been finding that might have a positive or negative uh, effects on, on implementation? I think uh, uh, for implementation, so, so the uh, 
efficacy is important and also the cost of inclusion is also very important. If the inclusion cost is very high, so this will prevent the producer to use it because, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the pig industry is kind of um, commodity group and they, it's really driven by the, uh, the margin, right? It's a too high inclusion cost may, may prevent people to use essential oil. So, mm-hmm. so we needed to consider the, uh, way you want to use it, maybe, maybe just focus on the, and uh, winning uh, period, right? To be quick feed or start to feed, and also maybe try to use a, a technology to reduce the dosage of essential oil. And another same uh, is uh, talk about the c- combination, you know, maybe combination with other uh, alternative to increase the effectiveness of the the. the uh, the essential oil. Uh, for example, some people put the essential oil and organic acid together because they have a synergistic effect between the two compounds. So to maximize the, the, the efficacy of the essential oil. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously when you're, when you're giving these, you're putting it into the feed, I would assume. Um, is, is there any consideration with uh, feed composition? Or, or some, you know, along those lines that might interf- interfere with the efficacy of the essential oils. Uh, I don't think so. It's a base. Uh, I don't. I don't think that there are uh, there are any interaction between essential oil and other ingredient in the feed. Uh, especially once they protect it, the essential oils that may not uh, interact with the other compounds, but they may be a non-protected essential oil may have some interaction with other uh, ingredient, for example, some lipid, you know, the essential oil is lipid soluble, right? The, the fat soluble compounds maybe have some interaction, but uh, I don't know. And there may be potential interaction. Yeah. Yeah. It's always something to consider, right? Um, yeah. I know you specifically, so th- this is also a, a question that I have, because you're talking about, you know, encapsulation so that you have targeted delivery in the hindgut. Is there a benefit to some of these being available in, in the the small intestine as well, though? Was you know when we're talking about barrier function and gut health, right? That's more than just the large intestine. So, is there a benefit to providing some encapsulated and some not? Uh, I think it's a very good question. So, so we talk about the uh, macro encapsulation to try to deliver the the biggest problem is that if non-protected essential oil cannot reach the lower gut. Okay, so the macro-encapsulation essential oil can deliver some of uh, essential oil to the lower gut to increase the amount of essential oil which can reach to the lower gut. But because the release of the essential oil from the prote- uh, protected the particle is a slow release, you know, it's progress released, right? It's, mm-hmm. There are also some vessel research we, that can release maybe about the 10 to 50% in the stomach and the, in the deuterium, jejunium, maybe have 20, 20 to 30% more or less. So, which means this, uh, it's not a target release, it's a progress release, you know. Okay. That's, that makes just, sense. Yes, just, just somewhere in the small intestine as well, kind of to attenuate the inflammation or, right? Yeah. No, uh, very interesting. So, um, 
Are, are there any other aspects of essential oil use or whatever that you'd like to discuss today? Yeah, I think that what, one thing I want to mention is because the, 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 the concentration of uh, essential oil uh, allow essential oil to attenuate the inflammation. Uh, the, the concentration much, much lower than MSC, much, much lower than MSC of the essential oil. So, uh, and and uh, so in this case, also, um, in terms of the anterior inflammation, this this because it can reduce the effective dosage a lot, and reduce the feed cost, uh, inclusion cost a lot. Another one, I think, the lower essential oil can also uh, can can disturb the quality sensing of bacteria. You know, the bacteria has the complication each other, right? So mm-hmm. once they are which is some the 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 particular density of population that release secrete the toxin you know can make a infection or whatever. So once I have the essential oil can disturb the communication between the bacteria. So even they have increased the population of the bacteria, they still cannot communicate together and reduce the toxin secretion. So this also has a uh, extra benefit for essential oil to attenuate the, the, the infection in the gut. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It actually also reminds me because one of the things you mentioned with gut health was um, microbiome population, right? Yeah. And that doesn't always include pathogens. It obviously includes the good ones as well. So I, what what are the potential impacts of the essential oils on the, the good bugs, the stuff that we want there? Yeah, that's a very good question. Always, you want to put something there and at a microbial property, right? So, so we don't want to really kill the bacteria or even bad bacteria or good bacteria. So we try to more focus the 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 outcome for the, the infl- inflammation. You know, the in uh, the oxidative stress, the damage of the cell. We try to. To help animal recover the cell, right? It's not really target the try to cure the the bacteria, right? So, so yeah. the, again, it's, it's always a tricky question to how to distinguish bad, bad, bad bacteria or good bacteria. So always this uh, we have to be careful with that. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's not like with the antibiotics we're trying to kill the good bacteria either, right? It's just they're there, yeah. and the antibiotic is is not discriminatory when it comes to to its action for a lot of things. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so I guess before we get to our our final three questions, I'll just say you know if if there's a, a take home message for our listeners that you want you know them them to get out of this episode, what what would that be? I think uh, um, for the essential oil. It's not a new topic in the industry. And I just want to mention that if we properly deliver to the intestinal tract, essential oil can support the resilience in the piglets. So it's mainly targeted the lower grade inflammation, caused by stress, caused by infection, or whatever, right? So this, uh, I think this the key point we try to position the, the use of essential oil. Yeah, it's like you said, it's it's been around for a while. It's been looked at for a while. I don't know about uh, incorporation yet. So maybe by listening to this, more producers will start to look into into its use. Um, and we end up with healthier pigs. I mean, that's what we're all trying for anyway, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Looking to elevate your brand and captivate audiences through the power of podcasting? Look no further. Introducing the custom podcast brought to you by Wisemetics, where we take care of the behind the scenes so that you can focus on what truly matters. Podcasting has become an invaluable tool for brand awareness, but let's face it, putting it into practice can be a daunting task. It's incredibly time consuming and requires technical know-how, but don't worry, we've got you covered. With our experienced team at the help, we'll handle the operational aspects so you can channel your energy into what your company does best. Are you ready to unleash the podcasting potential of your company? Schedule a call with one of our specialists today at the link in the bottom of this episode. You'll also receive a free podcast strategy consult tailored to the unique needs and goals of your business. It's time for our famous three. Okay, Changbo, before I let you go, we have three questions that we ask all the guests. Uh, okay. Hopefully I've given you enough time to think about the answers. <laughs> um, our first question is, what is your favorite swine-related resource or book? Yeah, I think uh, re- regarding the uh, the book in the swine nutrition or related to swine nutrition, I think one book is very, uh, very useful for me at least, is the, the principal Principle of Animal Nutrition, edited by Dr. Goyo Wu, and the very thick book and the very detailed information. And the, I think it's very useful for me and the, for my research, for my teaching. Yeah, it's just quite a good book. Yeah. Doc, Dr. Wu is very prolific. I think a lot yeah. of us have one, at least one of his books, if not more. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, our next question is, you know, when you think out, outside of the field of swine and, and that, like what would be a favorite book or, or a recommendation of, of a book that you, you know, read maybe recently or in the past for, for our listeners? And I know it's, uh, I read many, many the the, the uh, books uh, before. I think one of the in books that, uh, uh, I read uh, because it came from China. I read most time I read the books in the Chinese books. And after I go to the Canada, mostly the textbook is not the other <laughs> book anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think one book is uh, the English version. They call the uh, the Art of War. It's a very good book. It's a quite short, uh, well, not many pages, but it's quite a good uh, books. When you sometimes no, but think about the war. Just think about the, the logic. You know, it's a philosophy, something like that. It's the art of war. Yeah. yeah, I like asking that. My my potential reading list gets longer and longer every time I do one of these episodes because everybody has a different book that they recommend. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, our final question, and you can focus on either swine producers or leaders in general. You know, when you think about them, what do you think is a characteristic that makes, you know, more successful producers or leaders um, then maybe less successful. And um, you mean the okay? So I think for the successful producer, and uh, you know, I think first of all, at the nutritionist, we you know, we we always want to focus on nutrition, right? So <laughs> to uh, well balance the diet and they try to uh, use some um, ingredient and to help to reduce the feed cost. I think uh, reduce the feed cost is always good for you to make you more competitive in the market, right? And of course, the management, the best security is always also is quite good. But at the nutritionist, so we always think about our ingredients, 
and feeding program, how to reduce feed cost and maintain the uh, um, excellent the, the nutrient utilization, right? And the and less uh, in, environmental impact. So, yeah, that's uh, and uh, that's pretty much it for yeah. Yeah, do do everything right and focus on nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Chengbo. I think that brings us to the end. So I can let you off the hook. No more questions from me. <laughs> okay, so, uh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you again yeah. for being on the show, and, and we'll hopefully have you on again in the future. Uh, maybe talk about uh, a different topic or some of more research that you're doing in this area. Yeah, I'm more than happy to do that, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks again, and thanks everyone for listening. The journey of a hero has challenges, battles, and villains. But after the fight is won, new paths are open, and it's time to catch our breath and move forward. More powerful and super than ever. And you, hero of the swine industry, do you have your cape ready to take new flights? Swine Talks 2023, December 6th and 7th. Together, we're more super than any obstacle.